Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Emergency powers are extended for Governor Kevin Stitt, Oklahoma tribes finally receive relief funds, and the medical marijuana industry smokes its previous sales record. For The Oklahoman, I'm Paige Dillard. Today is Tuesday, May 5th. Oklahoma's number of positive COVID-19 cases now stands at 4,127, according to the state health department. The number of deaths remained at 247 as the health department listed no new deaths in its Monday report. Legislators approved extending Governor Kevin Stitt's emergency powers for another 30 days. The Catastrophic Health Emergency Powers Act grants the governor sweeping powers to respond to COVID-19. The Oklahoman's Carmen Foreman explains why the extension was granted and how the governor plans to use those powers. State legislators today passed a second emergency declaration giving Governor Kevin Stitt expanded powers under the Catastrophic Health Emergency Powers Act. So what does that mean? Um, In layman's terms, that means that for at least another 30 days, Governor Kevin Stitt will remain the most powerful governor in Oklahoma's history. And that is because no other governor has used powers under the Catastrophic Health Emergency Powers Act before. So the legislation, you know, stems back after 9-11. That's when Oklahoma lawmakers put it into effect. They basically wanted to have a mechanism in law that would give additional powers to the governor if some unforeseen pandemic, natural disaster, or other just, you know, unprecedented event were to occur. And so the legislature first approved an emergency declaration in early April, and that gave the governor 30 days to use those expanded powers. And the, the declaration also gives the governor the authority to basically move $50 million from other state funds, if necessary, um, to help mitigate the natural disaster, or in this case, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, A spokesman for the governor said that, yeah, he didn't touch any of that 50 million. He didn't move any money around during the past 30 days. Um, And it seems as though he has no intention to do that in the next 30 days. So what the legislature passed on... um, on Tuesday is that they re-upped the declaration giving the governor an additional 30 days Um, and he has said that what he needs those expanded powers for now is to help allow the Oklahoma State Department of Health to hire in mass more contact tracers and so those are the people that you know if you test positive for COVID-19 they're going to call you and say who have you come in contact with in the past week or two weeks Um, and then they go contact all those people they're basically like the detectives of the uh, the public health world if you will Um, so they you know 
they can't hire a bunch of people very quickly. So, um, you know, because there's usual rules and procedures and stuff that they have to follow. But the emergency declaration will allow them to basically hire a bunch of contract workers almost immediately. And then the same goes for the Oklahoma Employment Security Commission, which has seen a flood of unemployment claims right now. And so Stitt said the emergency declaration would help that state agency hire more workers to deal with that deluge of claims. And so, um, you know, there was some pushback. Uh, Democrats in the House did not love the idea of giving the governor more power for 30 more days. Uh, they argued that really it's the legislature's job to um, take these actions. And if, if the state needs to loosen regulations or state laws to help respond to the COVID-19 pandemic, then the legislature should take those actions and allow the governor to do them, you know, the proper way, the traditional way. But um, what some Republicans argued is that, you know, the legislative process is slow and it is that way by design because it's intended to limit the number of bills, the number of policies that come through that process. But in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of a point in time when the state is reopening, you know, some Republican lawmakers basically suggested that, you know, we don't know how this reopening is going to go. So more than ever, the governor needs these powers to act quickly as he sees fit. Vice President Mike Pence says the White House Coronavirus Task Force could wind down its work by early June. During a White House briefing, Pence told reporters the U.S. could be in a very different place by late May or early June. Pence added the administration is looking at the end of the month as a potential window for federal agencies to manage the response in a more traditional way. On Tuesday, the Trump administration began distributing relief money to Native American tribes after weeks of delays. The Oklahomans' Chris Castile reports the delays prompted the Cherokee Nation, along with tribes from other states, to file a lawsuit seeking the immediate distribution of funds. Tribal leaders now say they are encouraged that the U.S. Treasury Department will distribute at least a portion of the CARES Act funds to tribal governments. Critical funds will be given out based on tribal population data, used for housing grants, and on tribal employment information. Oklahoma Attorney General Mike Hunter says the governor lacks authority to enter into gaming compacts with tribes that permit types of gambling prohibited by state law. The Oklahoman's Randy Ellis has more on the attorney general's statement and how it could affect the compacts. Oklahoma Attorney General Mike Hunter issued an official attorney general opinion Tuesday that concluded Governor Kevin Stitt overstepped his authority last month when he signed controversial gaming compacts with two tribes. Those compacts purported to authorize sports betting and some other forms of, of gambling that are not currently authorized by Oklahoma law, the attorney general said. Hunter said that Governor Stitt did not have the authority to do that. Although the, the attorney general has said the same thing previously, this is important because now it's in an official attorney general opinion. That means it's binding on Oklahoma officials unless and until it's overturned by a court of law. At the same time he, re he released the uh, official opinion, he also sent a letter to the U.S. Department of the Interior Secretary in which he urged him to reject the compacts. Uh, it's up to the uh, Secretary of the Interior to uh, approve a contact before they can uh, take effect. 
this just adds another wrinkle into the ongoing fight between Oklahoma uh, tribes and, and Governor Stitt over what forms and types of gaming are going to be allowed in, in Oklahoma. Uh, the governor's been seeking to force the tribes to renegotiate the compacts, and he wants to increase the amount of money they pay the state in, in exclusivity fees. Uh, the tribes, most of the tribes contend that the uh, gaming compacts automatically renewed on uh, January 1st and for another 15-year period. Uh, so the, the fight continues. This is just another step in it, and we'll keep following it. Roll aside toilet paper. Oklahomans rushed to medical marijuana dispensaries last month, logging enough sales to spike tax collections by more than 25%. According to the Oklahoma Tax Commission, dispensaries collected nearly $10 million in sales tax during the month of April. The figure smashes a previous record of nearly $8 million in March and is the highest month-to-month increase since last summer. April tax collections began just a week after Governor Stitt issued the Safer at Home Directive that closed many non-essential businesses. The Oklahoma City Zoo is allowing guests to return and visit their favorite animals. The zoo opened the outdoor safari walk on Monday. The modified one-directional path through the grounds allows people to see their favorite residents while still keeping a safe social distance. Marketing Director Candace Reynolds says you must make reservations online before coming to the site. The zoo cannot accommodate members or guests that do not have a reservation. Reservations can be made online at okczoo.org. And you will need to have um, that reservation to get into the zoo. To keep everybody safe, we are limiting the number of guests that come in each day, uh, guests and members. And you will receive a time ticket. With that time ticket, you will get a, a confirmation that can be printed or scanned from your phone at a safe distance when you come to the zoo. So when you come out to the main entrance, you'll come up to one of our um, check-in tables and you will safely show that uh, timed confirmation ticket and we will scan that for you and that will be your entry into the zoo. Popular attractions in the zoo such as playgrounds, animal feedings, train rides, and indoor animal buildings are closed to the public. In addition, staff at the zoo will be wearing masks and frequently cleaning common areas inside the park. You may have seen the Giving Tuesday hashtag and posts floating around social media today. Well, the Oklahoman is taking part in a similar endeavor, Giving News Day. Today, we are offering an annual digital subscription at a 50% discount. By signing up, you'll get full access to all our galleries, podcasts, and more content on our site, oklahoman.com, as well as our daily e-editions. Since the pandemic started, our journalists have been covering all facets of the health crisis. If you've read, listened to, or watched our reports, we encourage you to support our efforts by signing up for a digital subscription. You can find out more by visiting oklahoman.com slash subscribe. For more information on these and other stories, visit theoklahoman.com. For The Oklahoman, I'm Paige Dillard.